be alone with him, Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. Then Jesus spit and touched the man's tongue. Jesus looked up to heaven and took a deep breath. He said to the man, Ephatha. This means be opened. When Jesus did this, the man was able to hear. He was also able to use his tongue, and he spoke clearly. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated, and all are young and young at heart, and I come forward for our children's message. right over here with me. So, Emily might know the answer to this. Do you know what this weekend was in the church? It was God's, God's birth argument. That's right. So, in the ELCA, which is the big Lutheran church, I know you see this, don't look at it. In the big Lutheran church, there um, is every year, they celebrate God's work our hands. And like, what does that mean? It means like, to, we help everyone and like we did yesterday, we make kids cards who are going into foster care and we and we did gardening work and all that stuff. Yeah, so what would you say God's work is? It's the whole universe, actually. <laughs> it is, yeah. Tristan had that answer yesterday, and it's such a good answer because God's work is the whole universe, right? God made the whole universe, and God wants us to do what with it? He wants us to make his work with our head. Yeah, that's right. And so why do we do that? Why do we do God's work? Because... I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Libby, do you know? No, that's okay too. So do you think we do God's work because we believe that Jesus loves us so much? Because when someone is really nice to you and, and cares about you and makes you feel special and known, does that, does that make you want to do good things? Yeah. Yeah, and so what is that word that we use when we talk about believing something? So there's a, a word that we use a lot in the church, and and Greg, do you want to answer for happy? I think it's faith. Is it faith? Is that the word we use when we talk about our beliefs in Jesus? Yeah. Good answer, Hadley. You're very smart with the you know, secondary education. <laughs> so. I know, I know, I know that. Thank you. 
I know she doesn't know how to talk. <laughs> she says amen. That's like her big word. So I want you to tell me, what does this little rocket say? Let your faith fly. And so it says, let your faith fly. So how do we let our faith fly? How do we show our faith? We can do God's work. Yeah. Yeah, we care for other people, we care for God's creation. And so this looks like a really fun toy, and I'm going to throw it, and then I'm going to have Greg get it for me. And after church, you guys are going to get one of these. So stop by and give me a high five at the end of church, and you can get one of these to show how your faith can fly. It goes pretty far, but it's not, it's not a church toy. It's an after-church toy. Thank you, Emily. And then can we pray before you guys go back to your seats? Let's pray. Repeat after me. Thank you, God, for giving us Jesus, for making the whole universe, and for making us part of it. Help us to follow you and let our faith fly. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can go ahead and return your solution. That's a Greg for me. Thank you. The Lord does what is fair for those who have been wronged. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord protects the foreigners. The Lord defends the orphans and the widows. Reading our psalm this morning from Psalm 146 reminds us of all the work God does in our world. And yesterday during our Small Seed Saturday Kids group, I told our kiddos that this weekend is God's work, our hands, in the ELCA, which basically means that Lutheran churches across the country spend this weekend celebrating all the ways they are already doing God's work through worship and service and providing care to their communities. And often they celebrate this day by doing a larger service project. For our small seeds kids, that meant celebrating God's creation by harvesting some of the tomatoes and radishes. One, like, giant radish that I hope is a radish because I sent it home with Emily, but we'll find out, I guess. But they planted these plants in our church's garden several months ago, and they got to experience the joy of harvesting from God's creation and then they shared kindness by making cards for children who are going into foster care. When I asked them, like we did in our children's message today, what is God's work, the very first answer yesterday and today still makes me smile. Yesterday, Tristan responded right away, the universe, the universe is God's work, everything in it. I was hoping for something a bit more specific, though. Eventually, our kids started talking about kindness, about love, about caring for others. God's work is for justice, to feed the hungry, to set the prisoners free, to protect and defend those in need. And God calls us, calls our hands to that work. Amen. It's a lot. There is so much need in our world, in our country, in our community, even within our own church, our own members and friends here. There is so much work to be done. In our reading from James's letter to the church, he calls out the way so many people of faith don't often live up to that calling, the way so many people don't live up to that calling. Offering good tidings, thoughts, prayers, but little in the way of change, of help, of resources, and needed things. 
Every time I read this chapter from James, I am reminded of all my own failures to live up to that calling. I feel that here in Longview, when I answer the phone at our church and someone asking for money, I offer the list of resources for people in need that exist. I offer a listening ear and prayer, but I often leave those conversations feeling like I wish I could have done more. Even for the people who I know are just trying to scam me, who called my friend who's another pastor in town and gave them the exact same story about how they had a child and they sat in the left back pew of my church and how somehow I didn't see them. I'm sorry. I know, I know everyone here. I see your faces. And so when I got those calls, even then, I still feel sad because there's still something pushing in them in their lives. There's still some need that's not being met. I was just in downtown Seattle for a convention last weekend, and if I sometimes feel overwhelmed with those in need in our small cities, in Longview and Kelso, Seattle is nearly 15 times the population, and the level of need there is obvious because of that. And as I walked around outside during my convention, I only had so much change on me. And so often the most I could do was to be kind to say hello, to politely say no when my change purse had already been emptied. But James's words, if a brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or might need food, and you say to him, God be with you, I hope you stay warm and get plenty to eat, but do not give that person the thing he needs, James says, unless you help him, your words are worth nothing. I don't want my words to be worth nothing. And it's hard not to feel like that, especially when we feel overwhelmed and sometimes kindness alone seems big and hard and a little scary. Sometimes for some people that kindness really does mean a lot, recognizing them as a person, seeing them and talking with them. But the judgment James makes still stands. And honestly, I agree with him. There's a reason why I often feel disappointed in myself when I don't stop, when I keep walking or driving when a smile or kind words is clearly not enough. And that disappointment, James points out, is because our faith calls us into action. Our faith is made to fly, to be visible, to be part of our lives. Our faith in God, in the God who made the entire universe, is a faith in God, a God who uses us to care for that great big universe, especially to care for those in need and we can't do it alone. I alone can't care for every single person in need here in Longview, let alone downtown Seattle. You can't, with just your faith alone, provide justice to all the oppressed or set the prisoners free. We can't protect the foreigners or defend all the orphans and widows by ourselves. And so it's a good thing we're not alone. Because we all have at least one thing that we need, too. Every single one of us needs to be seen, to be known, to be loved. When Jesus takes the deaf man aside in our reading from Mark today, he cares for the man in ways that he can understand. With physical bodily actions like touch and even spit, Jesus breathes a new life into that man when he says in Aramaic, Ephetha, be opened. In this moment, when Jesus sees this man, knows this man, and loves this man, it's the healing power of Jesus that opens him up to a new life. 
Jesus knows us, sees us, and loves each and every one of us, and it's in this great love that Jesus goes to the cross saying to each and every one of us, Ephatha, be opened. Jesus dies and rises from the dead to open our hearts so we can do more than shallow tidings and prayers, but rather love our neighbor as ourselves, loving them with kindness, with seeing them, with recognizing them, with help and with care. In Jesus' resurrection, he brings us all into a new life, brings us into a faith that calls us, calls our bodies, our hands, and our feet to do the work of God in the world, and we can't do it alone. We need Jesus opening our hearts and filling us with love and care. We need each other, siblings in Christ. We need each other to work together for God's justice, to do what is fair for those who have been wronged, working with our community to give food to the hungry, to reduce recidivism for those who are imprisoned, to care for the orphans and widows. Our faith, our words, our lives do so much more than nothing. So much more than just words. Faith is action. It's love in action. For this entire universe that God created, God's love for every single one of us is a faith that calls us to action, calls us to participate in God's work in creation. And as God's hands and feet, we get to share this love, this life, with the entire world. Let your faith fly. Amen. Amen. Thank <laughs> you.